0: Welcome to Aging Faithfully. I'm Claudia Greggs, clergy associate for Christian Formation. For those of us age 60 and older, retirement from actively following Jesus is not an option. We still have more learning and growing to do as his disciples. We also have a responsibility to share with those younger than us what we've learned about living a faithful life and to serve our community using the skills we've acquired professionally and personally over the previous decades. In our three-part podcast series, each of our speakers brings deep experience and knowledge to help us rediscover our value before God and His purposes for us at this stage in our lives. In this podcast, Dr. Janet Savia addresses the practical realities we face as we age, and how we can support and care for one another in this season of life. Janet is a psychologist in private practice and her clinical interests include issues surrounding aging, loss and grief, and responses to trauma.
1: It is truly a joy to be here. It's wonderful to see familiar faces that I haven't seen for months and months and to see new faces as well. Um, it's a joy and a privilege to be here. I'm going to be the person talking about stewardship. Okay. You trust me. I'm I'm pleased. Um, when Steve and I were first married, we lived in Boca Raton, and we were poor, starving college students, but I can remember um, listening to people in my congregation, uh, we were talking about a, some sort of a school board uh, bond or something like this, and the statement that was made, and it has stuck with me for almost 50 years, is, well we've paid our dues. (laughs) We're not going to pass anything else. We've done what we're supposed to do. And I was stunned. I was shocked. I was looking at these people. I grew up in a family where my great-grandparents lived until I was in college. I had a deep respect for people who were older than me. Um, And then to hear this idea that somehow they now felt they had done enough. They had done enough. It's kind of the opposite of what we hear from the media a lot today that says you don't have anything to offer. Here were people who had a lot to offer. Boca Raton was a very affluent community. It was a very educated community. And these people were saying, I'm keeping mine. I'm not going to do it. So, I want to start with our mandate as Christians for caring for others. See if this sounds familiar. Hear what our Lord Jesus Christ says. You shall love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these commandments hang all the law and the prophets. For those of you who are Anglican we say this every Sunday, every Sunday. I want you to think about it the next time you say it. That is our mandate. That is why we don't just care for ourselves, but we care for others. We care for our friends, we care for our neighbors. We care for the people sitting in the pews next to us. I'm going to begin, and I tell my clients this, especially my healthcare folks. Um, it's like when the doctor tells you, we've got to have this surgery, but you're going to feel worse before you feel better. <laughs> so that's my disclaimer. Um, we're going to talk about what has been touched on by ju- both Terrell and Julia the losses, the things that are the realities that we have to deal with as we age. Now, I will tell you, I work with a lot of people who are in their 30s and 40s who are having to deal with these losses. So they aren't all exclusively for people who are 65 and older. One of the things mentioned, we lose our sense of identity, if that has been developed and really built up in our careers and our jobs. Um, That can come through retirement. For a lot of folks, that has come abruptly through a layoff. That wasn't something they planned for. Um, It wasn't something that they were ready for or they wanted, but it happened. And they found themselves at 55 trying to find a job and compete with the 25-year-olds. It's rough. It's a loss. Disability is another. Physical disability, mental disability, those are all losses where we attach them very often to our careers and our jobs. And one of the losses that comes along with that, the loss of our routines. Think covid One of the things that really was the hardest for so many people was that we lost our routines. We didn't go to church on Sunday morning. We maybe Zoomed in or we Facebooked in or whatever, but we lost that sense of routine and structure. Um, And we like that. We like that. Um, And so that's another loss that we have. Another thing... I don't know about you, but as I've gotten older, sleep has become a bit more evasive. (laughs) I'm tired. I go to bed, and then, boing, I'm awake. Um, It is a common complaint I hear in my practice. I'm just, uh, and when I do go to sleep, I just don't feel like I wake up refreshed. I feel like I wake up as tired as I went to bed. Um, So sleep can be another just very real, very practical loss. Um, Mobility. I had a hip replacement in April. Everybody said, oh, you'll be perfect afterwards. You'll just never know you even had a problem. Well, my surgery had been put off because of the pandemic and because Don't copy this. I'm going to be with you on this, Julia. Steve and I moved our home, my practice, and my office all at the same time. So the surgery just kept going to the bottom of the list. Um, And the first comment made by the (laughs) surgeon when they came in and I was meeting them in Newburn, which is where we are now, they said, oh, you poor thing. Um, But mobility is a reality for many of us. We just lose our ability to bend down and pick that thing up without even thinking about it the way we used to. Um, We look at those steps and we decide, do we want to really go up that badly? Um, So mobility is another loss. It's a reality. It's one of the things that we just don't move as easily, as mindlessly as quickly as we used to. Another thing, and this one's rough, and that's physical health, physical health. We know that there are a lot of illnesses that are more common as we age. Diabetes would be one. Um, Heart conditions would be another. Chronic pain is another thing that we often encounter as we get older. Um, I don't have the pain I used to have with the the hip, but there are a lot of people who you wake up in the morning and you just aren't quite sure if all of the pieces are going to move as they're supposed to move. Um, Chronic pain is awful because what I have learned through the years is when people experience chronic pain, they're so vulnerable to depression, to depression. They're like peas in a pod. And if you think about it, if every day you had a headache, every day you had a headache, it's, it's discouraging, and that discouraging can lead to despair and despondency. Um, So that's another loss that we often have. We know that when people have and experience chronic pain, they are three times more likely to experience depression and anxiety. That's a lot. That's a lot. Um, Another thing as we get older, medication. I now look at the drug plan for my insurance company. I want to know, am I going to be in the donut? Um, Medication. We have to take some who never took it at all, or we have to take more, or here's the frustration, we take one medication for one thing and then something else pops up and we take another medication for that, but that medication doesn't like this medication and this solution creates another problem. Frustrating, it's frustrating. It's not just frustrating for us, it's also frustrating for our healthcare folks as well. Hearing. Hearing. A new phrase between Steve and me is, honey, do you have your ears in? (laughs) He's back there shaking his head. He's here. He's keeping me honest. Um, The other is vision. The cataracts we just don't see as well. I love reading. I love reading. But Reading is hard. I'm now trifocals. It gets, it gets more and more challenging. The other thing, dietary changes. You know, all the good stuff is now on the bad list. <laughs> um, so these are all realities of some of the things that our physical health can impact us as we age. Another area that we are impacted, another loss that we experience, our homes, our homes. Steve and I were living in a two-story house in North Raleigh. We loved it. We were there for 23 years. Uh, We were only the second owners in the house. And the people who built it lived not 10 miles away from us in Northern California when we were out there. So just loved the setting, loved all of it, but we knew it was a two-story house, and with my hip, it was really, really becoming very clear that we needed to leave. Um, we did, and I'm glad we did. Um, but it's not the physical house so much. Mine never got perfect, Julia. My. <laughs> 23 years is not long enough for perfect. (laughs) Um, But all the memories, all the memories that we had in that house, the times that in my neighborhood we hosted a women's summer Bible study, and we had 50 women in my living room and dining room. The times that we had TGIF. And we hosted that at our house. Those were wonderful memories. So it's not losing just the physical aspect of a home. It's losing all of those little triggers, all of those little things that remind us of past experiences. Um, And then there's the issue of downsizing. Going from a house that you've lived in in 22 years For some of you, that's a drop in the bucket. And then moving into something that's smaller and more easily maintained. When your house becomes a burden, then it's time. It's time. And um, downsizing, we had dinner last night with Martha and Sam Epperson. And they gave me permission to tell a little bit about this, so I'm not speaking out of, out of turn here, but they had a big move. They had a big move this summer where they went from their home of many, many years with many different memories, with pictures galore, um, and they had to decide what they took with them and what they didn't. In some ways, I think that Abraham and Sarah had it made because they lived in a tent. There's just not a whole lot. There's not a whole lot that you could put in a tent that you grieve over leaving. Um, But they have, Sam and Martha, had to go through this experience. I will say this. They were Christian models of grace. It was hard. There were some tears but they modeled for their children, they modeled for their new neighbors, and they modeled for friends in the community how to do it and do it well. Um, We'll talk a little bit more about that when I get to the stewardship part. Um, Another thing we lose as we get older, independence. Now, I'm an oldest child of two, of one oldest child, um, and I am, if you ask my grandfather, he would say stubborn. I prefer independent. Um, so the idea of not being able to drive, not being able to just pick up and go someplace because I wanted to, I got a flavor of that with the pandemic because we just couldn't pick up and go to the grocery store or we just couldn't pick up and go out to eat. It was not pleasant, nor was I. (laughs) But this is a real loss that many of us will face as we age. We are no longer safe to drive. Vision, hearing, all of these things start kind of working together. Another loss, spouses, We can lose them through death. We can lose them through divorce, believe it or not. Um, We can also lose them, as Carol has said on the installment plan, as we care for a loved one who is slipping away gradually, a little bit every day. It's painful to see, it's excruciating to be present and it is a hard loss but a very real one and that leads me to the final loss that I'm going to talk about today aren't you discouraged enough (laughs) Um, friends friends our friends die our friends get sick our friends move away you know, I, I thought that was going to be over after we graduated from high school and got through grade school and our our um, families were no longer moving to different towns for daddy or mom's job. Um, but here here we are, losing friends who either die or they move away, or they themselves become ill and they are stuck at home, or they're in a facility. And they are lonely, lonely. So the impact of all of these losses can be devastating. And there are two areas where there's a lot of research. You know, I have to bring up the research. Um, a lot of research, and a lot of it has come out of the University of Chicago, if, if you are research nerds like me, um, and... There are two words that we find are very common and very associated with the losses of aging. One word is isolation. The second word is loneliness. Now, they're not the same thing. People often will go, well, aren't those the same thing? No. Isolation is a physical reality. It's an objective reality. You are isolated from peers. You are either in your house, in a facility, on the lake, but you are isolated. You are physically, objectively separated in relationships. Whereas loneliness, and I don't know about you, but I have experienced it before. I can be, a roo- Ooh, I, I can be in a room full of people and feel lonely. That's a more subjective feeling. It's a much more subjective feeling of just feeling as if you aren't connecting and others are not connecting with you. Um, The pandemic did not help this, but this was here long before the pandemic, long before. So think of it as it got worse with COVID, but it's been around for a long, long time. Here are some of the statistics. Again, just bear with my nerdy self. Um, 29% of people 65 and older live alone. So about a third of people who are 65 and older, this is in the U.S., live alone. These are coming from the National Institute on Aging. Um, One in four adults 65 and older is considered socially isolated. Now think about that. One in four adults is considered socially isolated. Forty percent of individuals over 60 report chronic loneliness. Chronic loneliness. One of the things we know from the research is that when isolation and loneliness become chronic the results can be devastating, devastating. It's associated with high blood pressure, obesity, heart disease, a reduced immune system. Think about that and isolation and the pandemic. Mm, mm. Um, Anxiety. Depression, cognitive decline. Steve and I saw this in our family. His grandmother, and she was grandmother, um, had lived alone. This is a woman who never learned to drive. She was kind of of that generation. She lived alone after granddad died and was very stubborn, very independent, just a really tough woman. And she just resisted the family trying to move her into assisted living. She fought it all the way. And then she stopped fighting because we thought she had had some sort of thing happen. We weren't sure if it was a stroke. We just weren't sure. But she was declining. So she gave in. She moved into an assisted living. And she was 10 years younger, 10 years younger, because now she was eating on a regular basis. The meals she was eating were good quality meals, and she was interacting with people socially. And it really made a big difference. You could physically look at her and see how different she looked. Um, And the research supports this. The other thing, it it can actually get worse. Um, Chronic loneliness and chronic isolation is correlated with early death. Early death. You isolate people, you keep them lonely, and you do it long enough, and they just give up. They give up. So if our mandate as Christians is to care for others and to care for ourselves, how could we do this during our seasons of being 65 and older? How do we do it? How can we be good stewards of what we have been given, what we have learned, what we have done, and what we still have to learn, and to do, and to give back. How do we do it? I tell folks um, when I'm first talking with them about whether whether they want to work with me in therapy, and oftentimes they'll say, well, now, are you a cognitive behavioral therapist, or are you psychodynamic, or am I going to have to lie down on the sofa? (laughs) And I tell them that I came into the field of psychology as a late bloomer. Uh, Between you and me, our secret, I was 55 when I got my doctorate. My car was older than my classmates. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that um, I tell folks is that I don't limit myself And this is primarily, I don't say this in the conversation, but because I'm well-trained and I'm a believer. And I know that when I sit in the room with another Christian, that God is present in that interaction. And so I am open not only to my training and using my training as God has allowed, but also to listen to the Holy Spirit. Now, what I tell people is I'm practical. I use whatever I think is going to be helpful for you, and I'm also humble. If I think it comes from the Betty Crocker cookbook, I'll use it if it works, if it works. So that is where I want to go now. I want us to talk about how to be good stewards of what we have, what we have had, what we still have, and what we have to learn. So, caring for ourselves and others. Healthy eating. Be careful with alcohol. I'm just not going to say anymore. The world tells you if you do that, then everything's going to be fine. No, but those are things that you can do. You have been given one body. Steve likes to say that when he gets to heaven, he's going to ask for a taller one. <laughs> But you've been given one body. Be a good steward of that body. Nobody else has it. It's not perfect, but this world isn't perfect. So be a good steward of your body. Take care of it. Another thing, laughter. Laughter is good for us. Not laughter at other people's expense, but laughter. It is an indication, only one, but it is an indication of joy. So give yourself permission to laugh. Have a pet. Now this can be rough if you are moving into a facility that doesn't allow pets. It can be another loss. I personally believe that it's worth any years with that precious fur baby, um, even if you have to (coughs) relinquish that at some point. Now, um, some of you are cat people, we will forgive you for that. For those of us dog people, um, we also know that even with, with cats, just the activity of stroking their fur lowers your blood pressure. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Just stroking the fur of an animal will lower your blood pressure. It won't necessarily mean you don't have to take medication, but that's kind of a nice that's kind of a nice little benefit here. Um, simplify. Simplify your environment. Um, Sam and Martha have had to do this. It doesn't mean it becomes sterile. It means you simplify. You don't need, Steve, I, I, I'm going to tell myself, you don't need seven sets of China. You just need one good set. I have one woman that I've spoken with who still entertains. She loved to have people in. I do too, and have people sit around my table and eat and talk and laugh, sometimes <laughs> cry, but just that intimacy of sitting around a table. She's a lot older than I am, and she still does it. And she said, I used to do these wonderful dinner parties. She said, now I do coffee. Or I do brunch. So she's found a way to continue to do something that God has given her a gift to do, but in a way that's more simple. That's more simple. Um, another area, and we are heading in that area, in that direction very quickly, and that's the holidays. Simplify, please. Um, and I'm getting the sign over here that I need to give you. A quick ending here. Um, Get moving. Walk. Swim. Garden. Dance. Dance. All of these things are good for you. Serve others. Volunteer. Volunteer. Learn or try something new. You might not be good at it. And for Taipei's, that's hard. We have to dig through all those old layers and allow ourselves to be the novice, but we find so much enjoyment in that. Um, Ollie, do any of you participate in Ollie? Okay, wonderful, wonderful program for those of you who want to continue challenging your mind. um, There's a phrase that was attributed to Michelangelo um, when he was in his 80s, and it's called ancora imparo still I learn, still I learn. Um, My sister gave me that on a little silver um, medallion when I graduated. Um, It is precious to me. The other thing is to nurture connections. Reach out to people. If you notice somebody hasn't been at church, call them. Text them. Use technology. Technology is helpful. Your kids or your grandkids move away. FaceTime. FaceTime. How many of you wordle? It's fun. It is so much fun. I wordle with my niece who lives in central Florida, and we wordle every day. It takes, what, 10 minutes, maybe And and we'll have a little tagline sometime—a little smart alecky remark about "Uh "uh-huh, my old brain beat your young brain today." Um, But it's a wonderful way. It's a simple way of connecting. It doesn't have to be a two-hour phone call. It can be something really small, like just wordling on a daily basis. Um, Embrace gratitude. Embrace gratitude. You can focus on what we lose when we age, or you can focus on what we still have. Um, And I encourage my clients to keep something called a gratitude journal. When I was working in the federal prison up in Butner, um, I had a, a group of men that I worked with, and one of their assignments for eight weeks was to keep a gratitude journal, Now, you would have thought I asked them to cut off a limb. (laughs) Oh, Doc, how can we we do that? We wear the same thing every day. We go to the same workplace every day. Our routines are exactly the same. How can we come up with three things at the end of every day that we're grateful for and not repeat ourselves? I said, you'll find a way. Oh, well. They complained. They complained. They started complaining a little bit less. And then they started complaining a little bit less. And by the end of eight weeks, they were telling me the things that they were noticing that they had never noticed before. One fella goes, you know, there was a robin. It was up on the wires as I was out doing the landscaping work. I don't remember the last time I saw a robin. And if I remember correctly, doesn't that mean spring's coming? You know, we are building muscles. You're building muscles of gratitude. I encourage people, I say, I love it when science catches up with scripture. Um, The end, the last chapter of Philippians, whatever is good, whatever is noble. What a wonderful way to end your day with, I don't care, a spiral notebook. I'm not into the pretty journal thing, but just anything. A spiral notebook by the side of your bed, to jot down three things in that day that God just gave you that you're grateful for. It's a wonderful way to slip into sleep, and it affects the way you wake up the next morning. So try it. Now, you need to try it for eight weeks. University of Pennsylvania is where this research was done. Eight weeks, but it works. It works. And then finally, grow in your faith. Grow in your faith. I will end with this verse, and I, I love it. I'm surprised that it neither of you did it, so I think I'm the dreary one with the, the stewardship piece. But in 2 Corinthians, Paul is describing all that he has been through, all that he has lost, all that he has endured, all that he has experienced. And he says in 2 Corinthians 4 16 through 18, you can look it up later. I'm just going to paraphrase it. Outwardly, I'm getting old, I'm wasting away. But inwardly, God is doing that renewing work. God is doing that renewing work. So it has been a privilege. Thank you. Be good stewards of what God has given you. Bye bye.
0: To learn more about Holy Trinity Anglican Church and our 60 plus ministry, I invite you to visit the church's website at htcrolley.org.